Hello, this is the Travel Weekly podcast and I'm Amy Keeley. The biggest event in the industry calendar takes place this month. I am, of course, talking about the Travel Weekly Globe Travel Awards. With a celebrity host to manage, 1,200 guests to host, 3,600 plates of food to serve and 36 awards to hand out, it's not a straightforward job getting this event off the ground. Many of you will have attended the event before, some of you will even have been on stage, and others would have seen all our coverage. But what is it actually like organising such a huge event and what goes on behind the scenes? To find out, I'm joined by the lovely Linda Lucas, who is our events director. Linda and her team are responsible for everything that happens on the night, from booking the host to getting all the trophies engraved. Hello, Linda. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, hello, Amy. It's delightful to be here in such a busy time. I know. I'm I'm actually surprised you managed to find a window for (laughs) me. Squeezed you in, Amy. Squeezed you in. I was going to say, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And, and but you seem very calm you don't seem frantic at all no I, we are calm we have to be very calm you know anybody who's done any events knows how frantic they are um, and it's the attention to the detail that matters and that's the focus now it's getting all the detail right um, but we have to remain calm because we have to keep everybody else calm um, but we've been doing it a long time and we know how it works uh, and, we, and, we, and as a team and, a, and as a company actually we throw all our experience behind it don't we and it's not just the events team that's involved in this you know the editor right from the right from the launch in September everybody in this company has a role to play whether that's your department in editorial just as much as ours you know this is a collective effort for the company I always find it funny when I'm at the event or in the, the days and weeks leading up to it people from the industry ask me and, and others in the editorial team oh who's the host yeah. you know oh how's the event prep going mm. I'm like no idea who the host is <laughs> honestly yeah. we genuinely do not know until the night the same as all the guests yeah. and we have little to do in terms of the logistical organizing of the event but of course we do all the coverage yes um but but really it's all down to you and your team how yes. many are in your team again there's 11 in our team and every and although we do 120 events across the year Everybody has a role on the Globes. You know, it's our absolute flagship event in Travel Weekly. We love working on it. You know, don't get me wrong, it's really challenging as well. Um, But that's what makes it fun in in its right. And you're absolutely right. We tell nobody in the company who the host is because we know it would be very easy to slip out. And we want everybody to have a surprise on the evening and just enjoy that moment. Uh, And we know that everybody tries to guess it. We can see it on Twitter. Uh, And as you say, your colleagues come up to me and say, you know, any, any news on the host? And it's just like, zip. Yeah, we don't. Know. Say People don't believe me when I say no, it. I genuinely true. don't it's know. All the entertainment, actually. In fact, we tell you nothing, mm. <laughs> which is probably the best way because then nothing can slip out. Do all your team members know, though? Presumably, yes, and they're all you know sworn to secrecy. Yeah, you know, sign their signature in blood on it. On it. But you, you know, there are not many surprises you have in life, are there? No, it's you know, quite nice. And it's actually. nice have that, have that surprise because there are so many people behind the scenes who are working to make it a surprise. You know, people who are sponsoring different parts of the event, they also want to make it a surprise for people. So it's a big job, you know, and on the day we've got to keep everybody separate too. You know, we, we can't let any little sounds mm. sneak mm. out or anybody sneak in, so our security is very, very tight mm. on the day. And we hope, we really hope, that everybody's sat there and those little lovely little moments come up that they can feel actually that it's something that's really magical. Yeah. That's what we aim for, okay. something that's magical as well. Uh, so how has the prep gone for this year's event? Like, How does mm. it compare to, to other years? Well... 
it's always challenging, you know, when you're dealing with that number of people um, and all the requirements. So dealing with all our lovely, amazing supporters. Everybody's also got other busy lives as well. Everybody's at work doing other things. You know, the Globes might be the centre of our attention, but it may not be the centre of attention of other people's. So we've got to sort of galvanise everybody, everybody pointing in the, in the right direction so we get all the information we need for a fantastic evening. So we're very, very busy making sure we've got everybody's guest list, for example. We know people's dietary requirements. We know where people are sat. We know where, our, where our, all our rehearsals are. Uh, we have a huge amount to do with the production, you know, because we operate as a full-service agency within uh, the Travel Weekly Group. So we take a, an event from start to finish. So we do all the production piece as well. So everything that you see on stage has come out of our out of the events department. Mm. And you um, work with uh, some external companies yes. as well, which we'll talk about yeah. a bit later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really high, work on very high-profile events. Absolutely. Real top yes. of their game, professionals. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. Okay. So um, what's the biggest thing you fear going wrong on the night? I suppose the biggest thing I fear going wrong, there's a power cut, <laughs> you know, and the, the stage goes black and the room goes black. Um, you always, it's people, making sure that people are okay, that everybody is where they need to be at the right time. Uh, there's always going to be some technical glitches and you know hopefully nobody ever sees those and we can we can um, accommodate that but you know you're running a live event like this which is running live between six and two is six hours and we have four hours of rehearsal time which is nothing you know if this was on a t if this was a television program you'd have a 24 hours 12 to 24 hours rehearsal time in a studio we don't we have four hours so our planning to get that is absolutely down to the wire and to be able to turn that around and deliver a live event for six six uh, no eight hours actually oh. you know that that's a tough call it's a tough call on everybody but it's fun it's very satisfying it's very satisfying when you see everyone enjoying themselves yeah and when we put the cat out and the milk milk bottle on the doorstep and we wave goodbye you know <laughs> 24 hours later it's just like we can high five and yeah. say you know that went well that yeah. went well and everybody pulls together and works as a team when do you start organizing it then well the launch is in september um so we actually start the process probably about august time actually the venue is always booked a year out so the date for the globes 2021 will already be uh, in, in the diary for the grosvenor um and we 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 start in earnest around september time because that's of course when we do the nominations and the voting which of course your editorial was very involved in um, and then making sure that we then, all the sponsorship comes in around that time. Uh, people start to book tables and places. We're thinking about, actually we're thinking about the host probably around July, August time, because booking a host, certainly of the calibre that we have, takes some time to do. Mm. Checking their diaries, their management diaries, making sure we've got the, the right person who can do it. Mm. You know, because to ask a host to, to deliver on 35 awards isn't um, is a tough call for them to, and they've got to be able to be up for up for that. Yeah, and handle that many people and in the room. And handle that many people because as you, as you, if you've been to the Globes, you will know that it can get a little bit noisy, um, and that we're always trying to not suppress enjoyment or laughter. We don't want that at all. But there are times when it gets incredibly noisy, and whoever is in that room and is delivering those awards has to have the gravitas to bring that down. We use Voice of God to be able to do that a little bit too. But it's really important for us that we can keep that sound level down because you, people can't hear. Of course. So, um, yes. So we talked about what you fear going wrong on the night, mm. but what, what has gone wrong on the night 
in previous years. What, oh, what challenges have you been faced with? Uh, we've been faced with sound challenges where suddenly you can lose some of the sound in the room. Um, the, technical, the, the technical issues, really. Um, we've lost the autocue or prompt oh, on occasion where that's suddenly f frozen. What do you do when that happens? Um, you... Well, normally we've, we work, work with some wonderful people and the lady that we work with is called Kay and she's fantastic and the technical team are fantastic. So you give it like 20 seconds to see if it's moving on or freezing. But we have to get a hard copy script to whoever's up on stage at that point. Um, normally it starts working back by itself, but just in case it, it doesn't, um, we have to be able to step in there Sometimes um, the, the sound can go a little wonky in the room. Again, that's just probably a, techni a technical issue uh, because, again, we've only got four hours to rehearse time and in that time you've got to do full technical run-throughs. At the same time you're rehearsing a host or a band, for example, or singers, whatever. At that point, you've got to be able to uh, get everything done in a short space of time. So not always have the great technical run-through you can do. So they tend to be little things like that. I won't talk about some of the... Um, temperamental people that we have to perhaps deal with backstage that uh, our lovely guests probably are not privy to. Do you mean celebrity hosts? Yes, we've had a couple of those, you know. Well, Lucy reminded me, or, or sorry, told me about um, one year when Jack Whitehall was the, the host and he just chucked a giant cake he did. on stage he did. that I think P&O was going right. to do something with <laughs> and he did. just went and got it, yeah. threw it on the stage. Yeah. You were clearing up bits of we were. shoe pastry. Yeah, but that's just, you know, that's impromptu <laughs> and that's spontaneous. And that's lovely as well. You know, people do spontaneous and wonderful things. And, you know, our hosts are hosts for a reason. You know, yeah. we, we might call them celebrity hosts, but a lot of them have got this great background and they're maverick. You know, comedians are maverick. Yes. I remember Jack Whitehall, he was, just before he was due to go on, he was just pacing up and down, up and down, muttering under his breath, you know, in that sort of slightly wired, anxious way. But actually, that's what you see on stage is a slightly wired, <laughs> anxious person sort of bouncing around. But he was very mindful be beforehand. You know, and a lot of the comedians that we've worked with are much, much more serious than they appear they're able to switch something on it's quite extraordinary they're performing really. it's like acting definitely, really isn't it definitely yeah. and you sort of go from somebody sort of muttering under their breath to sort of you know getting their composure to suddenly turning into this extraordinary bright spark um, and I think Dave Medna, you know, I've got a huge soft spot for, for Dave Medna. Uh, when it was Barry Humphreys, that's who he is, when he came in for the rehearsal, he wanted to change a few things. So we, we had to suddenly change um, the auto cue because he said, I'm not reading from that. I won't be able to see it and I don't want to do that. I'm just going to ad lib. Which, you know, when you're managing a big event like that, somebody ad-libbing when you don't know what it is they're going to do is, 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 is a bit risky. Um, but we, we changed things around on the script so that actually he didn't have to hold it. He just actually was the person who um, gave the awards away. But I remember, you know, we dealt with Barry um, down in the, in the great room and very these very sensible conversations. They said, I'm now going up to get changed. And Wendy appeared, and Wendy is his makeup artist, and she had this huge, huge bag. And we had a room for, for Barry upstairs. And the deal is this, is that you can call him Barry when he's Barry, but as soon as he's Dame Edna, you have to say Dame Edna. And um, we, we called him down and he came from the back of stage. And I don't know whether you've ever seen the Rocky Horror Show where the lift comes down and you just see a foot tapping to the music as the door opens in the lift. It was exactly like that back at the great room. The lift came down. I was waiting outside. The door opened. These great big diamante shoes. Hello, darling. 
<laughs> and I just looked up and there suddenly was Dame Edna, really tall, as tall as I am, and I'm 5'11". It was really, really tall. And you go, oh, hello, Dame. You suddenly find yourself saying, hello, Dame Edna. You know, how fast? I, I, I think I said something like, gosh, you brush up well, or, you know, you don't disappoint yourself. <laughs> and she stays like that. So even coming off stage, even for those little bits in between, stays in character, stays as Dame Edna. And I, I can see why. It got, anyway, we fin- she finished, rather, and uh, went back to the green room at the end of the night, all a bit of high-fived, and then she took her shoes off, and then suddenly Barry came back. You know? <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, shoes. <laughs> Get the shoes off, you know, but what, what an icon. Yeah. Uh, you know, for somebody who, as Dame Mender, can say anything about anybody and get away with it. You know, there aren't many people left. Yeah, and, and d- d- deliver those kind of jokes and cutting remarks in yeah. a jokey way that still isn't that offensive, is it? It's no. still just hilarious. It's still, it's quite still a hilarious. Skill. Yeah, you know, and those, those great characters, you know, we're slowly losing those great characters. And Dame Medler's in her 80s. Mm. You know, oh, the, one other thing about Dame Medler, we had to get the gladioli, but we had to have those flown in because they're out of season in the UK in January. So we had a whole thing about the gladioli, and she was very specific. They had to be open gladioli. So you have to get them a few days in advance and put them in a warm room and open them, but not have them too open. So there's all those little things that go along with it. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, it just gives you an insight into the preparation that it, that, that it took. And, you know, to witness Barry on the stage in the, during the rehearsals and to see the transformation into Dame Edna yeah. was, was something special. Who's been your favourite host, or who has been the best host, do you, do, do you think? Oh, I loved, loved James Corden. Um, And, you know, he just turned up at the sound desk for the rehearsal and just said, hello, I'm James. And we all just looked at him. He just, you know, this ordinary man who just had appeared, who'd come on on his own. He hadn't come with a driver. He just pitched up in a cab uh, and turned up. And he was very humble, actually, and utterly, utterly delightful. And he was smithy, really. He was everybody's friend. You would want, you would want him be at dinner table. Uh, he was obliging. He was de- utterly delightful. Uh, and the crowd, everybody loved it. What have been some of the things the hosts, the celebrity hosts, have demanded? You know, their riders, as they're called. Actually, they are better than the, some of the entertainment pieces that we have. You know, if you think about all the people that we've had on that stage across the, the past 10 years or so, it's the management that demand uh, the riders. So very often the hosts are coming in for a rehearsal. They may be going back home if they're London-based uh, and coming back and we have a green room set aside for them. Most of them actually just want a glass of water. Very occasionally a host may ask for uh, a glass of wine. I think one of the uh, comedians in the past asked for a, a whiskey. But actually, we're very loath to do that <laughs> and don't. And, and, and the hotel actually don't like having any of the entertainment pieces, having drunk on stage, because there's a lot of technical equipment. There's lots of electricity. And as you know, we use pyros and all sorts of things, so we can't afford on a health and safety basis. It's the entertainment that the riders come through, you know, several bottles of Jack Daniels. So you mean like the bands? The bands. And, right. and, okay. uh, or, or, or anybody else that we... Any other entertainment pieces, they tend to have that long list. And you look at it and you think... You're only going to be there for half an hour. You know, how, how are you going to get through all, all that? Um, so we just be very, we're very careful of that, very mindful. They all want honey, manuka honey at, you know, 20 quid a bottle, pop of that because it's good for their throat. Oh, right. Um, yeah, of course. And, but there, there are some that are far, far less precious than others. And also you find that when they then turn up and they're themselves, it's the management that have requested it, not them. They're actually much easier 
on site to mm. deal with it. Than their managers. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, no, we've had nobody wanting a green room totally turned into white or only lilies there. Yeah, or puppies. Know. No. Mariah Carey yeah. style. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> maybe this year. Yeah, maybe uh, this year. You never know. Right. Just yes. talk a bit about what goes into organize, like getting a host. Because, because, you know, to me and others, it might just seem <clears> like, oh, you know, just ask whoever. But, but actually, it's really complicated, isn't it? Mm. Because... Some celebrities or comedians just don't do corporate events. True. In fact, a number don't. Mm -hmm. Some just wouldn't be able to command the room with that many people and that length of of the evening. So actually, it's not just a straightforward ringing up a few management companies, oh, get us, you know, Anna Deck or whoever. Obviously, there's a budget as well that you you have to stick within. So talk a bit about what goes into the to choosing a host and finding a host because you really lead that don't you well Oliver has led that uh, this year working with the team and uh, you know it's a challenge to find somebody that we that we think will dovetail in and work with us as a business as travel weekly because we've got to work with them on the night or them on the night him or her but also, we think we've got to think about 1,200 guests in the room as well. You know, everybody's got completely different likes and dislikes, and it be, and you can't please everybody all the time. So we brainstorm. We say, who would we like? Who would we like? And we pitch up, and we may end up with a short list of about 10 or 15 people. And then we go to our agent, and we discuss each one. First of all, we have to look about availability. Are they going to be around in January? Many people take January off yeah. and they go off on their holidays. Well, they're off filming, aren't they? Because lots of them, lot of them on TV. Absolutely, yeah. lots of them on filming. Um, can they do it when they know the scope of it? Are they up for it? And that, that rules out some yes or some no. Uh, the costing, you know, hosts' costs change and variable with their own fortune. So we got James Corden just before he went on the Late Late Show. You know, th- three or four months beforehand. Well, that changes the game. I think you know, if we were to ask James Corden to do it now, we'd probably be sort of in the quarter of a million mark. Um, so e- each person changed their their rates change with their fortunes in a way. So we have to look at whole how it will how that person will work on stage. How will they be perceived and uh, by the whole of our guests? Uh, what contribution that they will make um, and, and and price. Because you could be quite surprised at how much people cost. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. not as not what you think. It's thousands. Mm, it's mm, thousands mm, of pounds. Mm, I bet it is. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, you've got to um, got to manage Lucy. That's yes. another challenge. I'm yes. sure. Well, you know, um, co-host, co-host, and that's a really, really important <laughs> factor because for Lucy, she's got, she's there holding that room. You know, she is. Everybody's looking at Lucy. She's in all the photographs. And for her to have a co-host with her who is going to be as brilliant as she is to hold that space uh, and have a little bit of magic as well. You need a bit of chemistry, don't you? Oh, definitely. You know, and and on that note about Lucy, what a phenomenal host she is. I mean, really, just to be able to get out on stage like that Mm. and command the room and the respect of the room. Mm. She does a phenomenal job. Highlight for me was when she talked to a Smurf one year. Yes. Uh, A mute Smurf. A mute Smurf. That I will never forget. (laughs) Um, Are there any Smurfs this January? No. They're on holiday. Are they? (laughs) Fine. Okay. Um, Lucy will be sad. How many people in total are working backstage. So you've got you, you and your team, mm. but what about all the other people doing the technical stuff? Yes, so there's a technical...
technical, there's a technical crew that you don't see uh, and stage managers. So we are in a very lucky position that we can choose who we'd like to work with. And because of, of, of this event, we choose the very, very best people. So we have stage managers that work on the Olympic Games, on the logistics on the Olympic Games, for yeah, example. Yeah, isn't the show caller? The show caller, Julia, is. And she opens and closes Olympic Games. So nothing phases her. You know, we sit with her on the morning and we run through the entire show to make sure that everything dovetails in with everything else, that the script dovetails in with the production or the screens and the graphics and the videos, and she calls it. Um, so she's like the director, isn't she? The, the, obviously, the audience don't hear or see her, no. but she's giving, she's, she's directing yeah. people with her headset. Yes, she is. Right. Which we can hear. So she's queuing, so she'll be, she'll be saying, you know, stand by, music sting one, because we've, we've put everything into, um, into the system, which is which is technical friendly for that. So each piece of music has a number, for example. The graphics and the slides and the videos all have numbers. They might be coming off different machines. She knows that and she's calling it. We've already agreed beforehand all the lighting states for all the different pieces. We've decided when, when and where the pyros are going to be going off. And we feed all that into a master. And we sit and we work, we work through in sections. So we've done a big run through before the doors open at, at six o'clock. So we've done the rehearsals. We know who's coming on from what end, where they're going off, where they're coming on and on to, what's going to be on behind them, what piece of music, when a backing track may kick in, for example, all sorts of things like that. Um, but then what we'll do, we'll do it in sections. So we'll, we'll have absolutely nailed down the first part, the welcome up until the starter. And then between starter and main course, we'll be reviewing everything. We'll be going back and saying, we need to change this to change that. We may have to made, may have to made a change on some of the graphics. Uh, we may have made a change on a piece of music. Uh, we have to liaise, obviously, with the venue and the food coming out at the same time. But Julia will orchestrate that. So we pump everything in through, through, through Julia, and she makes sure that everything that we want and we need is cued and is executed at the time. It's a massive skill. It's mm -hmm. a huge, huge skill because it looks seamless. It does, you wouldn't have a, any idea that it's, it's massive, going it's massive. on. You know, and, yeah. we, and we collate all that before we go, uh, and she'll execute it. And say so the stage management people, people are all on the West End shows at the moment dealing with really complex movement of people, and you need absolutely people dedicated to that, to know where people are, and how to get them mm. where you need to get mm. them, that all the props are in on the right place, the, 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 uh, the trophies get on, on the right time, so they are the runners and the riders, and their, their sole focus is on that stage management. Um, and we're feeding all those instructions into them to make that to, to execute. So you that. have a constant feed to what she's saying and I instructing. I do, yes, I do. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm listening to that, and I'm watching that at the same time. But, if, you know, we've done our work beforehand. Uh, very, very little goes, goes wrong on that, on that score because it's down to an absolutely fine art. Mm. You know, you might, we might miss a beat every now and again. The music may not kick in for another second or two, and we, and we might berate ourselves for that. But that, again, can sometimes be quite technical. Technical, yeah. which you don't have as much control over. No. And, and am I right in thinking the set team mm -hmm. that works on the Globes mm -hmm. is the same set team that worked on the Take That tour? Um, that is Julia again on the show caller. Right. So Julia worked on the, uh, on the Take That tour, so she show calls mm. for that. So if you want to have some good stories, you know, <laughs> we will sit and tap her about that, yeah. what she's doing. You know, she's, she's got her ear to the ground on that. Um, but the, the production people that we use are Eclipse, and they're the people who we do all the design element with, uh, with the staging and the lighting. And that's a really, really important part of any event, actually. You can change 
any mood or create any atmosphere through light and sound. And that's what we do. We're really, really mindful of that. And we sit and work with them in advance regarding the money that we have to be able to do it and what we can do and how we create what we need to create. And you'll see that uh, at, at any of our events. Mm. Hopefully, um, it'll feel all seamless. seamless. Yeah. But actually, we've thought about every element. Just, should that be read there? No, should that be? And we, on, the, on, on the day, we're moving our sliders up and down to create the right uh, atmosphere yeah. for what we want to, to do on stage. What's she like? Is she like super calm? She's scared? She, I imagine she's a bit scary. No, she's hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah, she's hilarious. And she's great, great fun and super talented. Every, everybody that we work with is super talented and knows what they're doing. I mean, uh, Kay, who works on prompt or auto cue, I mean, she has a royal warranty, for example. So she does lots of royal people. So she's got really, well, she can't really tell us too much, but she will go and uh, be the prompt all over the world for people who need auto cue. So she's a very steady pair of hands. What you want to do is always, always work with excellent people. Yeah. And, and you guys do yeah. and of course Peter Dixon the voice of God the X Factor um, he's worked on the Globes in the past hasn't he yes he has he's got such a distinctive voice yes um, and he's always um, very well received absolutely and, uh, yes. lovely guy actually isn't absolutely he? yes and, it, and it's it, and it is having that voice that can command a room like that because it's very easy to think that any voice can do that it's really really hard in there it's really hard and although you might be sitting on the on the ground floor when you come up to the sound desk and you hear the level of noise that's coming up you know you realize that you have to have that not booming voice. it's like theatrical isn't yeah, it it's yeah it's theatrical yeah. could do with brown blessed one i know <laughs> brilliant that'd be fantastic <laughs> that'd be really good yeah um all right is there any we'll, we'll finish up on this in terms of um globes events in the future mm. have you would you ever consider changing the format of the event or are you quite limited because of the the scale of the event it actually becomes yeah more limiting if you've got that many people yeah it becomes self-defining and there aren't many venues in london that can hold the number of people that we have for the production that we have so we would have to go out to somewhere like canary wharf to much you know and we want to keep it into into the west end really it's convenient for most people you know, we talk about this, and it would be great to be able to perhaps have a change of venue, go more funky with more space, be able to do more things, but we are limited with that, with, the, with actually the, the venues that we have in London. And it's a lot of people, you know, 11, 1,200 people, and that, that staging, and that staging is big for a reason. There's a lot going on on it, is that we can't find anywhere that would be comparable for that. So um, at the Grover, it lends itself to having that dinner process and it's the big bash at the beginning of the year isn't it everybody always says it's the first pretty much the first time everybody's been out together yeah. as an industry yeah. so it is lively and it is chatty uh, and we want to keep it like that but we always are always mindful that we have we keep up with the industry um, and make sure that we're always always timely and relevant and we'll always tweak it and we take every feedback by the way you know if anybody comes but has a, has a comment to make or they think we could do something different or better Please, we will. We listen to that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Linda, I can't wait um, for this year's event. Really looking forward to it. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic as always. Oh, you and your you. team do ama an amazing job. Thanks, Amy. Um, and thanks again for coming on and, and giving us an, an insight into what actually goes on to organise the event. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for asking me. Thank you.